Time is running out to register for the Virtual Applied Ergonomics Conference 2021, taking place March 22nd through the 25th. Don't miss real-world validated solutions from ErgoCup contestants, breakout sessions, pre-conference workshops, and roundtable and master track sessions, hours of networking across multiple days, and up to six hours of CEUs. From keeping your workers safe from COVID-19, to social distancing in industry, to managing ergonomics remotely, we have it all. Register now at iise.org slash aec slash register. This is Problem Solved, the IISE podcast, where we talk to industrial and systems engineers about their work, ideas, and solutions. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Problem Solved, the IISE podcast. I'm James Swisher, Director of Continuing Education for IISE. And this episode of the podcast is part of the Problem Solved Career Path series, which we chat with instructors and students about their experiences in professional development and continuous improvement throughout their careers. Joining us today are Adrian Dickerson and Elizabeth Elman. Welcome, Adrian and Elizabeth. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Sure, I can go first. I am Elizabeth Elman, and I am a industrial engineer at Kroger currently. And um, yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> Great to have you. How about you, Adrian? Thanks. I'm glad to be here as well. My name is Adrian Dickerson. I am an industrial engineer. I'm actually self-employed, but I have a master's in health systems. So most of my career has been applying industrial engineering to the healthcare setting. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and that's um, that's how you guys met each other, right? Uh, Adrian, you you teach one of our great courses, our intro to IE and healthcare courses. And uh, Elizabeth, I, th- I think you took Adrian's course. Is that right? I did. Yep. In April, I believe. Awesome. Tell us how you enjoyed the course, Elizabeth. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the course a lot. So um, actually by degree, I am a biomedical engineer. And oh, wow. yeah, yeah. So obviously I've pivoted a little bit right now in my career, <laughs> but I still love medicine and healthcare and everything about that world. So uh, when I saw, you know, I had a little bit extra time uh, with the pandemic. <laughs> so right. when I saw um, IISC was offering this uh, three pack basically of um, IE healthcare courses. So I went ahead and jumped on it. And the first one was Adrian's uh, induction or introduction to IE in healthcare. And um, yeah, I really loved it. It was kind of a blending of my two passions right now, so to speak. And Kind of from a uh, 10,000 foot view, I really enjoyed how Adrian taught it. And I could really tell that um, you, Adrian, were a subject matter expert. And not only did you, you know, talk the talk, you also walked the walk and had plenty of real world experience to back it up. So I really appreciated that as a student, you know, looking into sort of a possible career path like that in the future. That's awesome. And is that something you're thinking about moving from the the path that you're in or you're just exploring what other paths might be interesting? I mean, I'm very happy with where I am right now, but, you know, always look into the future as well. And like I said, um, I really do love the healthcare world. So I would like to eventually get back in there, maybe in some way or another. And um, so this was a really great sort of stepping stone to that possibly. That's awesome. I'm glad it was uh, beneficial for you and that you enjoyed it. Um, I, I think I think it's a great course too. And and Adrian, you've worked in healthcare a lot of your career. What's what's it like to to teach uh, or to help introduce folks to healthcare as a career option for IEs? That's actually one of the things that I enjoy the most. 
about teaching, you know, we take traditional concepts that just have not historically been applied to healthcare, but there's a lot of opportunity there for them. And so the nice thing about teaching is I get to really explore that with people who might not have considered healthcare as a career path. And I think that a lot like Elizabeth, it's a great blending of things for people who are interested, maybe a more personal kind of touch or, you know, more meaningful work. You know, they're not attracted to the more traditional industrial engineering industries. So it can be a really good fit and it could be good for people who are exploring, you know, an, a future right. uh, that's different than what they've been doing. It's something that you can kind of transition to and, and bring that knowledge. But it's a very unique industry that has its own ins and outs. So I think it's good to kind of know what you're getting into if you head down that road. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's not the only course you, you teach for IISE. You, you do some other courses. Tell us, tell us what it's like as an instructor overall. What do you find most rewarding uh, teaching courses? Yeah, I have taught several over the years. And I think hopefully one of the silver linings from the pandemic will be this greater accessibility to courses and people being more willing to do online courses. And I think now we have the technology, right, to deliver those a lot better. So I've done primarily lean. I do the lean green belt course pretty often. Um, and then I do a lot of the healthcare specific ones. So if there is a client that, for example, wants on-site training um, at a healthcare place, I'm one of the instructors that they would typically send there, which obviously has not been happening much for the last year because <laughs> hospitals are otherwise occupied right, right now. That's right. So that's been a, a little difference in, in what I've been doing right now. But yeah, yeah. definitely a different world, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and I mean, I think it's really pushed healthcare to the forefront. So I think we'll see a lot of people who might be more interested in these kinds of careers because logistics is a big part of what's happening right now. We're seeing that with both supplies and with the delivery and accessibility of healthcare. So that's really the fun thing about training is when I do lean or intro to healthcare, you know, I have two typical groups that I'm usually dealing with. It's either students who have not been out and working and are just right. getting introduced to different things they might do with their education, or it's professionals, um, particularly clinicians. It's very rewarding, I think, you know, lean and some of those things have been almost more like buzzwords to them. Yeah. You know, sometimes the regulatory agencies will require, you know, PDCA projects and control charts, and you can learn to go through the motions, but it's nice <laughs> to bring depth and yes. learning to that for people. And I think lean is very approachable, particularly for clinicians who are focused on getting a job done, not necessarily stepping back and analyzing how they do that job and why they do it the way they do. So it's nice to take them through some of those exercises and have them really think about how do different pieces interact and, you know, upstream and downstream and those kinds of concepts that they certainly aren't taught as clinicians, right. but it's very helpful for them in healthcare now, especially as we're trying to do lots more with lots less. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and I think you made a great point about uh, logistics as well. Um, you know, so many people probably haven't considered what it takes to <laughs> um, distribute, move, uh, store, <laughs> um, and, you know, otherwise uh, make sure that everything is where it needs to be in the supply chain at the right time in the right place. And um, Elizabeth, I'm guessing that's, um, that's a lot of what you do <laughs> in your current role. Uh, do you see some overlap between, um, you know, what, what's going on in the healthcare world? world and maybe some things folks who are you know, supply chain and logistics professionals might have some interest in applying some of that knowledge to healthcare as well. Oh, absolutely. I um, 
recently started at Kroger. And before that, I actually was working, <clears throat> excuse me, as an industrial engineer with the postal service. So that, you know, is wow. supply chain logistics, you know, purest. so um, yes, very much so. There's always a, you know, storage aspect. There's always a, you know, transportation aspect. And it was very interesting in the course to sort of um, kind of go back and forth because, you know, in some ways, like Adrian mentioned, healthcare is still a very new, you know, sort of facet that lean is being applied to. So in some cases I, I would, you know, find myself thinking, oh, well, we do that every day, you know, this this tool could totally be used in, you know, the hospital right. or I would find, um, you know, the hospital has to sometimes look much more, more granular because of all the regulations that they have. So sometimes they were much better at capturing, you know, details and right. it would be like, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, could totally see that at the processing and distribution plant. So there's very much an aspect of, um, overlap definitely. And then, um, in my current role, I'm working in a as a pickup uh, engineer for um, you know the clickless pickup with Kroger. So right. same thing, lots of overlap. Always looking at you know storage of once you pick it, how do you store, and just huge increase in volume, much like the hospitals right now, because no one wants to go into the grocery store, and some overlap there with you know, food, groceries, there's refrigerated, there's frozen. So, you know, you can see the parallels to different medicines or supplies that have to be refrigerated or frozen. So yeah, that's just, that's one thing I really do love about industrial engineering is how, you know, at its, at its basic, it is universal. It can be applied in any industry and, you know, can be useful in times of, you know, normal, normalcy and times of, you know, crises. Definitely. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, it's a really great point. You know, so much of what we do as industrial and systems engineers mirrors, uh, the, you know, the, the work is very different, but the concepts are applicable across so many industries, but you're right. It's, it's really fascinating when you think about, you know, what concepts, uh, play a larger role in what industry. So it's, it's neat to see both the kind of the similarities and the dissimilarities. Um, so I think it sounds like you've gotten a really good view on that. Uh, you mentioned that you've taken, uh, that you took the three, pack of courses <laughs> yes. over the summer. Uh, what drew you to those courses? So I had taken two courses previously with IISE. Uh, when I was in grad school at University of Louisville, one of the IE professors brought um, IISE in to do the you know, three-day student course for yeah. um, First Six Sigma. I took that at the beginning of the fall semester. And then I took the lean one at the end of the spring semester. Oh, and congratulations. So you yeah. are, you're both a, a lean green belt and a Six Sigma green belt? Yes. Awesome. Yes. It was very, it was just a great experience. Um, I, you know, like I said, by degree was biomedical. So this was very much so all new to it, me, but the professors did such a great job and I just felt so comfortable and was also just so intrigued by the concepts. And, you know, it's safe to say that was a big reason um, how I ended up in an IE role in my career right now. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll even tell you, I, in my job with the postal service, I was in a leadership development program. So I had a cohort of about 30 of us who for the most part were also just recently graduated. 
And when they found out I wasn't an industrial engineer by degree, they were shocked because of how <laughs> comfortable and confident I was with, you know, the terms and the concepts and just how engaged I was in the discussions. And, you know, I can 100% credit, you know, IISD and its courses because that was not anything I learned in my degree work. So I had total That's confidence. That's so great to hear. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so thank you. Um, oh, no, thank you. That's wonderful. <laughs> but yes, from that, I had total confidence in these courses. And that's why when I think I got the little email about the three pack in healthcare, I was like, yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, that's so great to hear. Sounds like it probably gave you a, a, do you think it gave you a a leg up in the job market too, as you were entering the job market? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes, definitely. The work that IISE does is is so important, you know, through the training, because just like all the examples Elizabeth was giving, so much of what engineers, industrial engineers, people like her do, it's not visible always to people from the outside. So I think, you know, the training and just the exposure uh, so that people really understand what's going on in the background, you know, whether it's grocery stores or Disney or the airport or healthcare, there's so much out there that people don't even realize is happening in the background. So I think that's another service that some of these professional organizations and the training are really useful for. Yeah. And and now's a great time to pursue training. You know, a lot of folks yep. have a little bit of time back in their schedule. Maybe they don't have uh, a commute, uh, at least some of the time <laughs> if they're working from home. And so, you know, if folks have a few hours back in their schedule, I think now's a great time to to pursue training. We've definitely seen folks say, I'm going to try to use this time to make the best of, uh, of this time and uh, maybe take these lemons and make some lemonade. <laughs> yes, definitely. How about you guys? How have you adapted over the over the last year? I know it's been a challenging time for everyone. How, how have the two of you adapted? Well, for me, it hasn't been a huge change since I've been self-employed. Um, I've been working as a contractor for a consulting group that has clinicians all over the country. So we've been you know, meeting via Teams and Zoom and things like that. Um, we have had to transition with our healthcare clients. Yeah. A lot of them really had to just go totally offline for some amount of time. Um, And then as they adjusted to the new normal, we were able to start doing some remote consulting. So we've been doing, you know, videos, iPads to go on site, um, doing our interviews via Zoom. So that's been different for the clients, I think, and an adjustment for them. And then us just figuring out what's the most effective way to do it. Sure. And then now as things are really ramping up with the flu season starting, I mean, we've again seen some hospitals just have to back off and kind of shut down from that sort of improvement. But for me, it hasn't been as much of a difference since I was already doing a lot of the work remote. So sure. that's been nice though, to have access to people who in the past weren't right. remotely active. Right, right. So, so I guess that's a, that's a little bit of a silver lining is it, it broadens your audience a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. How about for you, Elizabeth? Yeah. So when I was with the postal service for the first part of the pandemic, um, I was still going into work because we were essential you know, services. So yeah. that also was not as much of an adjustment for me. And then, you know, I recently um, took a new position with Kroger and I am remote now. So that has been um, a bit of an adjustment. And honestly, it's been in a positive adjustment for me so far. Um, I do still get to go into the stores, you know, as needed, but the majority of my work I do remotely as does the rest of my team. And I, I think it has uh, improved my communication, you know, even more so because you're not in oh, person. That's a great so you, point. 
yeah, you do have to be very, very strong at your, you know, interpersonal communication. Um, so that has been a bit of a silver lining, I suppose. And then just for me personally, uh, for my work style, it's kind of been a silver lining as well, because I will be, you know, in the thick of work. And then I am just like, I need a break and I will get up and go, you know, 15 minutes, clean my kitchen or something. So it's been a really nice blend of, um, you know, being on and off and having that (laughs) flexibility to sort of go with my personal productivity, how I'm feeling that day, you know, as long as I still get the work done, um, it's just allowing that flexibility and freedom that I've found very beneficial. That's a great point. And just, you know, finding that balance. So it sounds like uh, that, that there's been some uh, iterative learning there, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> sounds definitely. like you, you found it. I guess it's true IEs. We, uh, we're always iterating toward a, a, a continuous improvement uh, solution, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Pivoting back, thinking about um, training and education in general, can um, either of you talk about um, you know maybe an instructor who had a, an impact on your professional journey? I know Elizabeth, you talked a little bit about your experiences at Louisville. Uh, was there anybody in particular that had an impact on your professional journey? Yes, yes, there were lots of them. Uh, unfortunately, I can't name them all, but <laughs> I did think in particular of uh, my two professors who teach this course. Um, a dual partnership, but Dr. Ralston and Dr. Tyler, and they teach the intro engineering classes in that they do engineering calculus one, two, three, and then differential equations. So everyone in the speed school of engineering at U of L have them for multiple semesters as such, they are sort of iconic at this point, (laughs) but they are very, very, engaged instructors they really care about their students and that really helps because they really put you through the ringer <laughs> with <Right>. those courses <laughs> um but it was very valuable you know not just purely from the computational mathematics i was doing but also from you know the methodology that they <laughs> forced us to do for lack of a better <laughs> word but you know it kind of all comes back to that communication almost because they you know you you had to show your work, you had to show each step, you had to show your methodology. Um, And, you know, (laughs) there's the tendency for students to grumble about that, but (laughs) it really is so important. And I've only, you know, grown to respect that even more as I've been in my career as opposed to school, because, you know, that you're never going to be operating in a vacuum. You're always going to have to be either, you know, showing your work so that another engineer can validate it or so that you can collaborate with someone by showing them, you know, what you're thinking or, you know, even teaching someone how, you know, you do something to delegate or, you know, just help with their growth. I, you know, Dr. Tyler and Dr. Ralston also sort of allowed me to do my on-campus job of, it was called a supplemental instruction leader. And so once I had taken those courses, I got to, be sort of a tutor, I guess, but for large groups for the students in the class behind me for those courses. So, you know, a couple times a week, I would be up at the whiteboard doing all, you know, these problems yeah. through them. And it was, it really helped not only my um, 
my communication skills, you know, at a mass level, public speaking wise, you know, trying to emulate Dr. Austin and Dr. Tyler, but <laughs> also just really um, sort of highlighted my passion for helping other people. You know, I, I don't know if I'd ever see myself specifically in like a college professor role, but I really do enjoy, you know, helping other people have the light bulb, you know, come right, off. So, right, um, right. It's just really helped me in my growth as both a student and an instructor. So shout out to Dr. Austin and Dr. Tyler. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I like, I like what you said about having the light bulb go off. And that was, that was actually a question I was going to ask Adrian as an instructor. What, what are the tools that you use that really help folks have that light bulb go off? Is there, is, is there a, a secret sauce that, uh, that you can share with us? I don't know if it's a secret sauce, but um, it de- I think it depends on the student. So again, with the, you know, the college age students who maybe don't have a lot of real world experience, I find that just a lot of different uh, ways of communicating are the best way to go. So I typically in my lean course, I do a Lego simulation where I have them go through and we basically make cars. So it's sort of a manufacturing facility and they do it multiple times before and after learning some of the principles and getting to apply them and seeing what that, you know, changes in their, you know, very basic Lego assembly kind of process. And then I also try to have a lot of case studies from different industries, right? So healthcare and manufacturing and things like that. So they can just kind of see how the same tools are applied across different environments. And then for the professional students, what I find is really useful for the professionals is going through some of these case studies and exercises gives them sort of a low stakes ability to learn it and absorb it. But then I try to turn during the class and have them apply it to their actual issues that they have at work right now. So I might say, you know, here's how we go through and we do a flow diagram or a swim lane diagram or a spaghetti diagram, something like that. And then I'll say, now pick something, you know, process from your workplace that you're struggling with and let's go ahead and map that out at least at a high level. And that almost kind of kickstarts them when they go back to their organization. I feel like they're taking away something that they can apply immediately. And that seems to really be helpful for students. Yeah, I, that's a great point. And, you know, I think that's something we strive to do with with every course that we have at IISE is make sure that people walk away with something that they can use right away. So we certainly appreciate <laughs> how you do that. And thanks for sharing that secret sauce. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we didn't give the store away. But <laughs> No, I don't think so. <laughs> The secret sauce, um, (laughs) the different ways of communication, that actually reminded me of something, Adrian, with um, really just having when you're communicating, if they don't get it the first time, you need to try something else. And that, you know, has so not only in an instructional perspective, but also just, you know, as an engineer on the job, as an IE, you're constantly working with people, not just, you know, processes and machines. So, you know, I would find myself if I got the blank stare, you know, talking to an associate, <laughs> it would be like, okay, how can I explain this a different way? And it's really just, you know, finding what works best for each, you know, each student or whoever you're talking to, just trying to get them, you know, on the same page with you so that we can both move forward. That's a great point. And that really dovetails nicely with what you were saying earlier, just about um, the pandemic forcing us all to be better communicators. So Absolutely. whether it's whether it's in the classroom or on the job, um, I think it definitely has uh, stretched or, or um, <laughs> led us to improve our communication <laughs> skills. <Yes. laughs> 
Yep, everybody's everybody's living in a different world now, and it'll be interesting to see how it carries forward. Very much. You know, one of the things that we've seen at the training center um, is some folks are really tired of Zoom (laughs) and um, and really prefer to have courses that are more self-paced and you know things that they can do on their own. Other folks say, you know what, I just I value a live instructor. Can you give me an alternative to have a live instructor? And we've been doing a lot of 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 our courses that we used to do in person via what we call live stream, essentially via Zoom or GoToMeeting or uh, whatever your favorite platform is. <laughs> and, and that's been really unique for folks. I think that's, that's really similar to what you're saying is that you know, not everybody learns the same way. So having different courses that are offered in different formats, um, I think has been really important for us. And that's been a real learning for us because we've gone from an organization that did almost exclusively live training to an organization that's doing almost exclusively virtual training right now. <laughs> so um, that's, that's been a real a- adaptation for us as well. Yeah, I think whenever you can get that blend, it is so ideal because I know personally in the training course I'm taking right now uh, through Kroger, um, it is at the, you know, at the self-paced, so to speak, which was how, you know, my three um, IE healthcare courses were in the spring. And I really do like that because like I you know mentioned earlier about just kind of, you know, your, your own motivation and your own, you know, right. learning process throughout the day can fluctuate. But I do like also being able to ask an instructor when I have a question because, you know, rarely do I not have a question about something I'm learning. I think that's the mark of, you know, you truly being engaged. So, you know, I like when I was able to learn the lesson, uh, you know, take the practice quiz. And then I got on the phone with my instructor yesterday and, you know, we talked through it. So I think whenever you can have that blend, like you, like you were saying between, live and, you know, virtual interaction and just purely self-paced, that's, you know, I think that's where all of training and development and sort of all of where industry is sort of going right now. True. Um, just, you know, from, from how our world is shifting. It's very interesting. It's a great point. Well, and that's a good segue too, into just, you know, what's the importance of training and development in your career journey? How, where do you see training and development as you're, as you're progressing? I love training and development. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love learning. So I have a lot of interest and I will, I think, always be the type of person who is looking at what training and development can I do. Um, and I, you know, as far as my career, I don't see how you can't, you know, look at your training and development unless you want to do the same job for the rest of your life, which yeah. is fine if you want to. But you know, if you're kind of looking for the next challenge or, you know, the next thing that will, you know, really make an impact in the world, then I think you need to be training and developing yourself and seeking out those opportunities when possible. Um, you know, I know right now, like, you know, we've mentioned multiple times in this um, meeting, logistics and supply chain are so huge right now. So, you know, I, I am constantly kind of, you know, keeping an eye on that and just sort of making plans, so to speak, like, well, what can I, what can I do to better myself in that so that then I can help solve, you know, those problems of the world. Yeah, that's awesome. So spoken. Kind of have, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just, just going to say, spoken like a true lifelong learner. So. Yes. <laughs> yes, you just have to always adapt. Um, you know, so that you can sort of be the best engineer you can be. I guess. Absolutely. That's awesome. 
how about for you, Adrian? What, what role does what role does improving your your education play in your in your life? Yeah, I think I'm very similar to what Elizabeth said. I think one of the things that attracted me to engineering and healthcare was the idea that I would be learning something I wasn't familiar with, not to become the expert in it, but to facilitate the experts, you know, in a way that they weren't familiar with. And so I, yeah, I like to come in, I like to learn new processes, learn new industries, um, and work with people who really are the experts in that particular thing, but not necessarily in the way that I can kind of help them look at it in a different way or, or reframe or restructure and help them improve it. So from that standpoint, I'm kind of always looking for the next interesting thing, even just within healthcare, which I've been doing for a couple of decades now. I mean, I certainly have seen a lot of pieces, but things now are so complex that there's always something new to learn and a new skill that you can pick up. And I can remember when I first started, kind of, I would jokingly tell people that I, you know, I hope to work myself out of a job in healthcare, right? We're, <laughs> right. we're all going to need healthcare. I want it to be really good. Absolutely. You know, I get there and, and I need it. Um, and so far that's not seeming to be the case. There seems to be plenty left to improve, but I hope if we get more people and, and more with this improvement mindset, that that's going to kind of change things. And I heard an interesting interview the other day uh, and a quote that really resonated with me. It was Yuval Harari, who has written, he's like an anthropology type professor in Israel. And he wrote a book about sapiens. It's all, you know, the history of mankind and the different, you know, Neanderthals and things like that. But he said, today we are inhabiting the dreams of the people who came before us. And I just thought that was such a fascinating way to look at it. Like what I'm doing now is going to hopefully benefit the people who come after me, you know, my children and their children. So I I think that's what learning is about. We have to learn from what happened before, but then we have to add these skills and, and think, how are we going to improve what's in front of us? So absolutely, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Wow. That's really profound. And also spoken like a true lifelong learner. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you interested in learning next? I guess from a non-work standpoint, my kids are both studying Spanish in school. You know, they're in elementary (laughs) school and they're going to be starting that off. And I did a little bit of that years ago before they were born, but now I'm like, okay, I might have to start taking some Spanish so I can catch (laughs) up and kind of keep up with them. Um, (laughs) Did you take it in high school? You know, I actually studied... French through high school and college. Oh, I did too. <laughs> but you might notice that there are not thousands of French-speaking people now living in the United States. <laughs> so that wasn't maybe the best choice. So I did. I switched um, maybe 12 years ago. I just did some, you know, there's Kennesaw State is very close to me and they do continuing education for adults. And so I took some evening courses. But then once I had kids, that kind of fell by the wayside. But now that they're in school and there's probably more remote offerings, I'm thinking. So I might look into <laughs> that again. Um, And then I think from a professional standpoint, I'm really interested, you know, I'm looking for meaningful work always, right? So I think right now, public health, you know, rural healthcare access, those are big needs in the country. So that's something I might, you know, be sort of exploring and looking into for, you know, future opportunities, or even volunteer opportunities. Absolutely. And learning isn't just one thing, is it? You can learn in so many different ways and volunteering is a great way to learn as well. There's plenty of things out there that I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) How about it for you, Elizabeth? Yeah, well, I agree with Adrian. I'm always finding more stuff that I don't know. So (laughs) there's, you know, endless opportunities. But let's see, for me, in a more immediate um, technical 
sense, I would really like to improve my uh, VBA and SQL skills with Excel. Uh, Excel is like such a powerful tool. (laughs) Um, I, you know, feel like I'm uh, advertisement for Microsoft, but I cannot get, a, <laughs> cannot get enough of it and all that it can do. So it is pretty am, remarkable how much, how powerful it has become. I agree. So I'm always trying to get better at that. I would also like to, uh, sort of strengthen my project management skills. So I don't know if, you know, maybe a PMP certification with, um, the project Man- management Institute would yes. be beneficial or, you know, something along that nature. Sure. Um, just, you know, not only is that beneficial at all times, it, you know, seems particularly relevant right now when not only are there, you know, so many new projects popping up, but we're trying to do them in a remote setting. So you have to be very skilled at handling, you know, the people and processes and um, just all the goals. So I feel like it could be, you know, beneficial to me and just help me apply my skills more, you know, impactfully, um, in my environment. So those are ones. And then something that Adrian said sparked to me too, uh, public health is actually something I'm really very interested right now, as I'm sure a lot of people are, but you know, with the pandemic, I just kind of constantly come back to how are, how are we here? Like, how did this happen? So I would love to, you know, sort of explore um, what I could possibly do in that field and just try and help, you know, sort of like Adrian was also saying, just sort of help our future generations not have this situation again. So it's just a fascinating field and just full of so much opportunity to um, really, you know, make a powerful impact right now and for the future. So those are, those are kind of some of my top, top interests right now. Wow. Well, you both have um, a really long list and a really um, admirable list <laughs> of things to learn next. And uh, boy, I'm just in awe of both of you. Uh, it's really, really awesome. And, and as I mentioned before, um, you both obviously are lifelong learners. So <laughs> uh, that's it's always great to talk to people who are interested in learning the next best thing and, and making that part of their life. Yeah. And just to piggyback off one more thing AJ had said, I was just, you know, loving everything, but the, you know, helping the experts, not to be the expert, but to help the experts, that's sort of resonates with how I like to describe IEs is, you know, making things better, but you always have to follow that with the caveat, you know, not for personal glorification, but just, you know, you're an expert and I'm going to help you, you know, be an even better expert, so to speak, like, or I'm going to help you take what you know and apply it so that we can all benefit from, you know, your knowledge and skills. So um, it really is a very cool thing about engineering and especially industrial engineering, um, in my opinion, is just really helping make everything better in a magnanimous sort of way. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, there's something special about you know being able to talk to somebody and say, "Hey, you are the expert in your job. I don't know your job. I will never know your job as well as you know it. But I do have this whole set of tools that you might not be familiar with, <laughs> and I can help you with those tools, make your job easier, make your life better. And um, you know, it's nice. It's nice when people open up. You know, sometimes they're guarded at first, <laughs> but it's <Yes>. really nice, <laughs> really nice when they open up and realize that you're you're there to help them and and really help make make their job better and hopefully their life better. Agreed. 
Well, I think, you know, gosh, we've, we've covered so many things and, um, I think you guys made a, a fantastic, uh, fantastic point earlier about, uh, as you learn more, it feels like, you know, less. And I think there's a quote on that, right? The more, the yeah. more you learn, the less, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, it really does open your mind to how big the world is. And, uh, certainly I am, I'm so impressed with the two of you and, uh, how much knowledge you, you, you each have. So, uh, I, I really can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedules to talk to us today. Any closing thoughts as, uh, as we're wrapping up today? Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you, James and you too, Adrian. Um, thank you for your courses, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny to, to meet since you took an, an online course, which means it was just a recording of me. But... Right. <laughs> right. I'm very familiar with your voice. So. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> But yeah, I guess my closing thought is just, I'm so excited to be here and just kind of from a, you know, overarching viewpoint, what this means, you know, I love this podcast. I love that, you know, everyone is exploring so much training and development right now. I love how much sort of uh, focus there is on innovation and how to make things better. You know, I guess you could say that is another silver lining of the pandemic is, forcing everyone to almost take that step back that IEs are constantly doing and just think, all right, what could we be doing better here? Like, what can we learn? How can we improve? How can we, you know, keep these defects to, uh, (laughs) you know, stop in the future. So thank you so much for having me. It's been, uh, you know, a pleasure this morning. So thank you. Oh, we're really grateful to have you. And I, I think I would just add that I really appreciate everything that IIE or IISE now does, (laughs) you know, not just for industrial engineers, but with these trainings that, you know, I've taught people from finance and all kinds of different industries. I think that's really important. And, you know, your predecessor, Larry Aft, it was just sort of a serendipitous meeting um, that sort of pulled me back into the IISE fold and got me started with training. So I think continuing to look at different ways that this organization can reach out to people and, you know, spread whatever knowledge and, and training and different offerings, just like you said, deciding what's the most effective way to, to teach people in this world that it is what it is right now. So, cause I mean, there's certainly still a need and a demand for it. So I'm just grateful for IISE and everything that they do both as an instructor and then also as a student of some of their courses. Thanks for listening to this episode of Problem Solved, the IISE podcast, a production of the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers in Metro Atlanta. This podcast is produced by David Brandt, Keith Albertson, and Michael Hughes, and edited by David Brandt. You can listen to all episodes of Problem Solved and learn about sponsorship opportunities by visiting our website, podcast.iise.org. You can also learn more about IISE at the Institute's website, www.iise.org.